Welcome to Easy Email Marketing. I'm your host, Yael Keown, mum, FIFO wife, MBA, coffee lover, survivor superfan, and creator of the email experience. In Easy Email Marketing, you'll benefit from my nearly 20 years experience where I'll be teaching you all the tips, tricks, and insider info on how to create feel-good, non-spammy experiences for your subscribers. Let's get stuck in. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Easy Email Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Yao Kion, and today I'm sharing with you a live masterclass I did last week. Um, it is called Get Unstuck, Seven Simple Strategic Shifts for Busy, Bored or Burnt Out Business Owners. Um, And I absolutely just loved sharing this content and I thought, you know what, I just want to get it out in the podcast feed as well and share it all with you guys too. So it's not email marketing related, it is email marketing adjacent. Um, We talk about, you know, seven different ways that you can help get your business to that next level. When you're feeling like, you know, you're caught in that messy middle and you can't seem to get beyond that. So we talk about, you know, dealing with overwhelm, how to, um, you know, create more time, how to streamline your offers, how to simplify your marketing, how to get disciplined and so much more. So if that interests you, stay tuned. I'm about to go in to that lesson. Um, But at the end, I also include an invitation to apply for my six-month group program called Free to Thrive. This is a mid-level online business coaching experience for business owners and entrepreneurs who are stuck in that messy middle. It's not for beginners, but it's not for those who want all the fluff. It is about getting things done and having the time with me to do it. So there's core lessons for you to follow and do in your own time. There is one-on-one strategy sessions with me. There is, um, you know, fortnightly three-hour coaching and co-working calls. So yes, six hours with me every single month to get the important needle moving tasks done with my strategic insights and support and a great community around you. If this interests you, you can learn more at yalekeown.com forward slash free. Applications are only open for a few more days. So you've only got until May 26th to um, apply for this program. Um, And, you know, and then we start at the beginning of June and go into the new year. If you are listening to this well down the track and applications are already closed, I do intend on reopening them again in future. So the best way to do that is just to go to the same link, yalekeown.com forward slash free and get on the wait list and you'll be the first to know when it is coming back. But without further ado, let's get stuck in to that masterclass. Hi, all, and welcome to this masterclass, Get Unstuck, Seven Simple Strategic Shifts for Busy, Bored, or Burnt Out Business Owners. I am definitely, um, you know, a little bit tentative about this one, not because I don't think the content is amazing, but this is actually like, I think the first one I've done direct face to camera, no slides, nothing. I definitely have notes, but I'm just wanting to really focus on the content and just the connection with you guys. And I definitely am happy for this to be a bit more of a casual conversation. If anyone has any questions or you want to go deeper on any of the points, let me know as we go through. And there'll also be an opportunity at the end if anyone wants to dig deeper on any of these issues. So... I guess we'll start with my intention. And my intention behind today is to help you uncomplicate your next steps in your business and to be able to help you find that one shift that might help you move to that next level. And I admit I have been there all too long. I've had phases where it just feels in my business that I am just flatlining or, you know, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the right things. And even my mentors are telling me that, you know, around the next corner, I'm just around around the corner, that next breakthrough is going to happen. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. And it doesn't happen. You know, it's frustrating um, being stuck in what I call that kind of messy middle. So you might have been in business for a while, but um, it may be even years, but you just can't 
get that breakthrough. So you've done the courses, you've been a part of memberships, you've done what you've been told to do, you know the things, but nothing has quite landed yet. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from and helping you get that breakthrough. So it's just about getting out of that stuckness. So that's why I call this the Get Unstuck Masterclass, because you are beyond those basics, um, but you aren't, don't feel like you're quite part of that six or seven figure, you know, online business club. And there doesn't seem to be anything in between, <laughs> you know, and you're just constantly, you know, waiting to fulfill that potential that everyone tells you about. I've definitely had that through my life. I grew up, um, you know, being one of the smart kids in school and, um, you know, being told, oh, you'll do amazing and this and that. And it's almost like that pressure sometimes when you get that first fail or the first thing you don't do so well at, you're like, oh, I've let so many people down. And all of a sudden it makes you start feeling like you've got to stay safe and you have to try, you don't try so hard because you're worried that you just won't reach that potential. So, This is where I'm coming from today. You know, I don't want to teach you, you know, seven exact marketing strategies, although I definitely could. I don't want to tell you you need to start a course or you need to do a membership or you need to have a high-end program or you need to use Instagram or YouTube, whatever it is. I'm not here to talk about these big practical strategies. Instead, I want to focus on some of the really core levers that we can pull to help you get out of that stuckness, to get clarity about where you want to go and um, just and just feel better about your business and start taking that action and start making those steps to finally make that breakthrough. Um, so I would love to know from you guys sort of what brought you here, what appealed to you about this masterclass. Let me know in the chat um, because, yeah, I, I guess I want to give a caveat that although I'm teaching seven different um, shifts today, I'm not saying you have to do all seven. This isn't a you have to do a million things to get successful class. This is a take all of this and pick the things that you think will make the biggest difference to you. So I've built these based on my 20 years experience, my couple of degrees, my MBA. There's a mix of business stuff, mindset stuff, marketing stuff. Um, and it's all built on, you know, what I've seen in through the hundreds of business owners that I've worked with over the past six or so years. It is kind of bringing that all together. So I just want to identify you to be able to identify the few that make that big difference. And also just recognize that you are going to feel stuck often. It does happen and it is completely normal to feel this. So the key here is to have awareness and to know the tools to move forward out of it. So if it sounds good to you, let me know how you are feeling in the chat. Alrighty. Shift number one is to get out of overwhelm. So this is probably the most common place that everyone starts. So that's where we will begin because we cannot operate efficiently or effectively if we are feeling overwhelmed, if we feel like we've just got too much to do, we've got too little time, we've got all those ideas whizzing around our head and we can't even see what we should do next. Yeah, so Vanessa, yes, that's where I am. Definitely. So hopefully I've got you here. So yeah, this might be one shift that all you need, all of you need to take. And in fact, this is probably one thing that and probably one habit that I implement fairly regularly because we, you know, we clear things out, we declutter, we get to a good space, we get our plans together, and then we get to a point where it's like, uh, oh no, they just starts things just start building up again, and the email inbox gets full again, and we just, you know, get totally lost. So there's two ways I recommend getting out of this state initially. So this is kind of like the emergency treatment, the emergency reset so that you can get back to focusing on what you need to focus on. So there are two different ways that I recommend you get out of it. You probably will use both. Um, You can do them in one day, you know, do them together, or you can do them separately because they kind of perform um, separate functions. So the first one is what I call like a task reset. So this is where you will dump every single idea and every single task and thing to do that's floating around in your mind onto paper or a spreadsheet, whatever list I like, pen and paper, just to get out of your head 
and onto paper. So this can be big things. They could be little things. They could be business things and personal things if you want to kind of split them into two lists. Um, I generally don't separate out the two a lot just because there's just so much, you know, blurred lines between life and personal. So it's about getting it out onto paper and and just getting it out of that head. And then you want to sort it. So this is the, the step that I think a lot of people miss. Okay, I've got my to-do list and now, now what do I do? Now I want you to sort it into four different categories. And my friend, um, Tash Guthrie, she's actually got this really great uh, notebook pad um, to help you do this, which is really, really cool. I'm totally like grabbing a bunch of those. Um, but that's where you can um, categorize into four different categories. There is delete. So delete are things that are like your shoulds. So these are things, oh, I should be doing that. But I want to question like, do you have to be doing this thing really? Or it could just be that this is something that's been on your to-do list for so long that now you are at the stage of, okay, actually, I don't really need to do that anymore. It's no longer a priority. So delete. And that's easy. Just cross the things out. Lovely. Get rid of those. Delegate. Delegate are things that you can give to someone else to do. So you do not need to do everything. So this could be a VA or executive assistant or a contractor or a freelancer. It could be your partner, <laughs> it could be your kids, it could be anything like that. That's something that you think, okay, does this feel, you know, is it essential that I'm the person that does this task? Because unless it's in your zone of genius or something you really love to do, you want to try to be avoiding these tasks as much as possible. So put into things anything you think you can delegate out. Then there is delay. So delay are things that are important, but they don't need to happen like right now. So it's all these, you know, things that we've got happening in our in our heads. So we've got that category. And then finally, do. So these are things that we need to do with, and they need to happen with some sort of priority. So we need to do that pretty soon. So delete, delegate, delay, do. That's your four categories. And then you want to take action you know, on some of these, ideally, again, immediately when you're in that mode, you can split it up between different days. So obviously you don't need to do anything with the delete category, just free your mind. Awesome. Delegate, contact at least just one person. Get one of those things immediately when you're in this zone, get one of those things off your list. If that means just booking in a freelancer for something, or it means asking your partner to help out with something. Delay, anything big, I recommend you actually put it in your calendar or at least you can plot out, okay, I'm not going to worry about that one to August and just put August on it and you'll plan out the exact time then. So you go, okay, I don't need to worry about that now, but I'm going to look at it again when it gets to August. Or if it's something, you know, that you want to kind of address soon, put it in your calendar and give it space. If it's small things um, that don't have to happen like this week, but you know, it's like a five, 10 minute job. I like to have like a power hour, like kind of task in my calendar for once a week. And this could be personal business. You could have separate ones for each. And in the description, I list out the to-do list of different items that I can do. And then as I think of things, I add them to that. And you just add that slot every single week. You just drag it to the next week, drag it to the next week. Hopefully each week you're tackling some of those things, but at least it's in the calendar. So big things, put some time blocks in your calendar or identify, okay, I can think about this again in August or put them in small, then small things, put them in like this one sort of smaller list. That's your power hour. And you just get as much done as you get done. And then do my recommendation here is do at least one of those things immediately, especially one short thing. And then make sure, you know, that your, probably your power hour for the first week is tailored to the things that need to be done straight away. So once it's out of your head and on a paper or in the calendar or in someone else's hands, you will feel so much better. So this could take you five minutes. It could take you a couple of hours. That's okay. But what it helps is it just gets rid of that mental noise. The second way to help with this overwhelm is to have some time out. So you can do this again on the same day. Once you kind of cleared your head, you're like, I've got this space. Or you can have it separate. Ideally, if possible, set aside a full day. I know that is um, a big thing for a lot of you, but if you could set aside a full day, that would be amazing. But if you can't, like a half day or an hour. And the goal of this time is just to allow yourself time to think. So you've decluttered your mind of all this other stuff. And now it's just time to think and think about your priorities and to get curious about why you're feeling stuck, why you're feeling overwhelmed. What do you want it to look like? Now, 
There is a, a caveat to this timeout. This is not a day for energy depriving rest. Yes, there is a place for rest, but I believe there's a difference between, um, you know, proactive rest, positive rest, and kind of negative, blah, depressive rest. So sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day with, you know, packets of chips and stuff or pizza, that's not fueling you. So I would say when to say time out, I want it to be constructive and positive. So put some things in, some ideas that will actually lift you up. So whether it's going for a walk, maybe it's booking an appointment to get your hair done or get a massage. Maybe it is going to a cafe. Maybe it is just making yourself a nice platter of food and sitting there with a book, a you know, positive book and, and writing things out and getting your favorite pens out. Make it a nice experience for yourself. Make it positive self-care. And if you can't commit to it, if you struggle, if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to put that in my calendar, but I know myself and I'm not going to stick to it, book something in, like literally book an appointment to make sure something's locked in or, um, you know, get, uh, get, you know, ask, tell your partner or someone, you know, Hey, I just, so you know, I need some time to, to organize and plan some projects. You don't need to tell them it's just to chill out. Um, and so that you're accountable to protect that time at all costs. So the goal here is to create that space for the clarity to drop in. Um, I really love the analogy um, that I've read in a recent book that I'm reading right now uh, by Madeline Dorr called I Didn't Do the Thing Today. Totally amazing title. And she shares the analogy of a sponge. And she's like, in order for a sponge to squeeze out water and the suds and to do the jobs of, of you know, cleaning dishes, they need time to absorb the water. They need time to think and to come up with the ideas. So that's what this space is about. And I'm hoping it is something you actually end up adding to your regular schedule. But initially, sometimes you just need to step away from the desk, step away from the house and get that focus. So hopefully that gets you in to a space where we can now start looking at a bit more of the practical strategies. And we'll get in to shift number two, which is all about claiming back your time. So, of course, one of the reasons we feel overwhelmed, some of the reasons, one of the reasons we feel stuck is that we don't have enough time. Now, hopefully just going through that list and deleting things, delegating things, etc., you've already claimed back some of your time. But still, still, we tend to put this pressure on ourselves to squeeze out as much as possible during this time, you know, to be productive. But if... I don't see productive as being that way, sitting in your computer doing active tasks or cleaning or doing whatever it is you have to do. It's all about that sponge metaphor, right? You can be proactive, you can be productive, but not physically be working. So firstly, I want you to give yourself permission that you do not have to be working at every single moment. And if you are type A or you're in the habit of being busy or you have a full schedule, I know this is hard to do. But Tell me if I'm wrong, but you started your business likely so that you would have time freedom, that you would have a say in how you're spending your time. So now it's time to own that, you know, and have a bit more control and claim back some of that time for yourself um, instead of perhaps being busier than ever. So I do want you to imagine for me um, what it would look like, like how much would do you actually want to work? Disregard your current workload. Like in the future, how much do you actually want to work? And if your days, weeks, months could look however you wanted it to, what would they look like? What things would you want to be doing between work and life and everything else? So this is not about taking your existing workload and jamming it all into a few hours. It's about starting from a clean slate and then we'll see what we can get done from there. So an exercise you can do here is called the ideal week. Um, you can get a scrap of paper for this or like get a notepad. Like I got one from like Kiki K where I've just got the days of the week listed out and you want to map out what your ideal week would look like. And there's probably two stages to this because this is where a lot of people get, I think, get this wrong. You know, it's one thing to go and craft your ideal week and go, yes, I would love to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and have my lemon water and I would like to do this and I like to spend an hour, leisurely walk, all of that. But for now, it could be unrealistic. But I still want you to kind of set that intention for the future and dream big. That's the future you're envisioning for yourself and crafting an ideal week about eventually what you want it to look like. Then you might do an in-between week. So between where you are now and where you want to go and how you can 
imagine, you know, the next step and just free up a little bit of the time and move one or two steps closer to that future ideal week. Because of course, going from a 40 hour week to a 20 hour week overnight is not going to be possible. It takes incremental steps. Um, so, but unless you know where you want to go, how will you know how to get there? Um, a few pro tips with this, when you're planning this out, make sure to like, try to put like light tasks together, like put all your calls or your delivery stuff on similar days and then have the time for this thinking space and the planning space and the project space and to do creative things for yourself and to do all those other bits and pieces too, but kind of block like um, tasks together. You don't need to plot out every single hour, but just think, okay, in the morning I'd like to do this, the afternoon I'd like to do this, whatever feels good to you. So if that's you and you're just feeling like you don't have enough time, that's a great exercise to go through. And it's also great for just showing if you are being too overly ambitious with yourself. Like at the beginning of the week, you might think, oh, you can get all of this done. But when you sit down and actually map it out between the other commitments, you might go, actually, you know, no wonder I'm feeling unproductive. No wonder I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm literally putting too much on my plate and I need to take some things off. Okay. That's so overwhelm, time, two big issues that I really think we need to address before we get totally stuck in to other things. Now, next shift is shift number three, streamlining your offers. So we're starting to get into your business strategy stuff here. So I know we have a mix of business types here on the call. I know we've got some um, e-commerce stores. I know we've got some service providers and perhaps even those in the course well. I'm talking mostly specific to service providers with this one, just because, um, you know, we with, if you're in service, your time generally matches like how many clients you've got because you've got a limit of how many sessions you can do, for example. And I see a lot of mistakes <laughs> in this realm. The first one is having too many offers. Second is trying to please too many people. And then finally, you know, make it... Th- making everything a proposal with different inclusions. You know, people just like trying to do too many things because they think that if they don't offer all the options, then people won't buy, but it's actually the opposite. Also, the answer is not to jump from one-on-one work to a course or like a membership or a group program because they are completely different business models. And perhaps this is why you haven't done it yet. You know, people seem to think like, okay, the answer is to have a group program or have a course, but the audience is different. So for one-on-one, you only need a small quality audience because you don't need as many clients to get the income you want to make. For courses, you need a large quality audience. So it comes down to marketing maths. So a membership or a course, which was worth like $500 a year, um, to get to a six-figure business, you would need to sell 200 spots through a year. Now, okay, 200, that already sounds scary. Have you, been, you know, do you even have 200 people on your email list or as leads? But then if we take into account conversion rates of about 2% of your list to sell that many, you would need an email list size of about 10,000. Who's got that overnight? Group programs, you know, are slightly better. Obviously, you price them higher. So if it's a higher ticket kind of thing, if it's like two and a half thousand, all of a sudden you're getting to, okay, I need 40 spots. And then I'm like at 2,000 people on my list. One-on-one, as long as we price ourselves well, you can get at a higher price point, say like a 5,000, 10,000, et cetera. And then the number decreases and you need less people on your list. It is much easier. You need much less marketing to do one-on-one stuff because especially get referrals, etc. But obviously this comes with this problem of having a full calendar on client of clients and then going, or oh, how on earth we have time to grow your list to that level and create the course and continue to work with these clients. And most online course advisors don't recognize that there are steps in between, a transition. And sometimes we need to start where we are right now and take incremental steps. You do not have to jump from one thing to another and think, okay, I'm not being productive enough because I'm not doing all the things in between. Also, side note, you have full permission to never have a group program or course or membership to scale and create that time freedom. It is not the only path. 
yes, I've done it and I know many people who have done it and that's what suits me and I can totally help you, um, you know, with it. But there is no one way to do this. And it really frustrates me when people tell me this is the one best way to do it and you have to do this, otherwise, you know, it fails. So if this is you, if you're feeling like I'm in this one-on-one world, I'm busy, I'm, you know, booked out, I'm really struggling, there's a natural next step. So there's two things I suggest is, you know, to set a target weekly income. So think about how much you want to earn across the year, divide it by 52. Then divide this by the available client hours. So maybe look back at that ideal week and go, okay, I've actually booked out 10 hours a week where I'm available face-to-face for clients and I want to earn $10,000 in a week. Let's just be ambitious here. That means you have an hourly rate of $1,000 an hour. You know, I'm being really, really (laughs) high there. Um, But you can certainly see how we can start to think, okay, I need to start aligning my offers with that value, that hourly rate I'm going to give myself in order to reach my goals. How do you get there? Um, Firstly, there are a few ways. One, remove the million options and focus on one signature service or package. So this can be like a three-month program. It could be a VIP day. It could be, you know, um, just a combination of some sessions and lessons, but packaging it up and focusing on the value. You could also, in addition to this, have like a single session, like a strategy session, etc. Um, like a single call option just to have like a, an introduction, an opportunity to get to know you before that big thing, but focus on that big thing. Then you need to clearly communicate who this is for and who it is not. You do need to be more specific about who it's for and the transformation it offers. So an example of this is um, my kinesiologist that I work with on all sorts of things now. (laughs) She's amazing. But when I first started working with her, I went to the first session with her because she spoke specifically about solving TMJ, which is a jaw issue. Now, she does a lot of other things, obviously, and I work with her on a lot of mindset stuff now. But I had this such a specific problem. I thought, you know what? If you can help me with that, that would make my life so much easier. And it spoke to me and it cut through all the other kinesiologists out there. You know, you're communicating who this is for and the transformation it offers. So focusing on one person makes it so, so much easier to sell that. And it makes it so much easier for you because you know the exact steps they need to do. You can give them the exact advice they need. You don't need to, you know personalize and customize and spend all this time outside of just sessions to make it work for them. Again, make it a package and don't price on your hours, but instead of the value or transformation it provides. So don't say it's $100 an hour. Say, you know, it is, you get all of this amazing stuff, but what you really get is this transformation and this, therefore, is this price. (laughs) So, I would start there. I would start reassessing your office. Look at what works well, really well for you now and introduce it. And you could launch this as just a beta offer, as a test offer, and just give it a go. But by focusing on this one thing, you can streamline everything. You can get systems. And eventually, you might end up with like a logical framework that you can use for a future offer. So it could be packages. It could be like VIP days. Or honestly, if you are booked out, it could just be as simple as increasing your prices. If you're booked out continuously at your current price, that means it's time to increase your prices. And that could be one step closer. What you can't skip on with all of this flexibility is being clear on who it's for um, and making sure you're pricing on that transformation. And which, of course, we want to roughly align that with ideal our ideal rate. Okay, hopefully everyone is still with me. Shift number four, have a realistic plan. So planning is definitely essential if you want to make progress. Um, Also, if you are feeling stuck, you know, just mapping things out. I'm a planning nerd. I absolutely love planning out out things. And that really definitely helps me with overwhelm and time and just seeing how things happen. Um, But the problem with planning we see often is it turns into wishful thinking. So can anyone relate to that feeling of, you know, we've got a brand new year, we map everything out. 
And then, but then you want to try to do everything in like the first month. (laughs) And then you feel like you have failed, even though it was probably totally unrealistic in the first place. Um, So that's actually why I like quarterly planning. Um, If I could offer any advice is stop trying to plan the full year beyond just mapping out, okay, this is when key launch dates are going to be or when I know key products are going to come out um, and have the broad strokes, knowing when you're going on holidays, etc. But then go deeper for the quarterly because it feels more doable. It's enough time for change to happen and to fit in the things you want to fit in, but not so much time that it seems impractical and you're not just wishful thinking. So quarterly is definitely where it's at. And I recommend just choosing a few key projects and I call these big rocks. And these are what you will focus on each quarter. So these could be updating your offers, hint, hint. It could be doing a launch. It could be fixing some back-end systems. It could be hiring people for your team. Anything that is like a good, meaty project. And then I actually break those down into little tasks and, again, put them in my calendar or you can use like a spreadsheet like Gantt project chart situation if that's what you like to do and actually block it out and see if it's realistic. You know, see with some buffer time, by the way, as well, and see if it's possible as well and actually make it feel doable, feel good. You'll soon see if it's too much or too little. And if it is too much, don't guilt yourself that you need to work more because remember what we spoke about, you've created this business to support your life. So you want to make sure you've still got enough time to show up and be that sponge and share all that goodness. So I always advocate focusing on the one thing. Um, so this comes from Gary Keller's book called The One Thing, and he he shares this question that we, we should always be asking. So if we are questioning what's the priority, you can ask this. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And then prioritize that. And then the next quarter, you can reflect on those questions again and keep moving forward. It is not a race. It's not a race as long as you are constantly doing proactive action and you're taking those next steps forward. Then into shift number five, and this is now finally into marketing, although your offers is and planning is definitely marketing, by the way. Marketing isn't just promotions. But we want to get smarter with your marketing. So again, we're on to this one thing situation. Repeat after me. You do not need to do that new exciting marketing tactic. You don't have to be on TikTok. You don't have to be doing reels. You don't have to take the latest course on how to do all this stuff. If you want to, if you've got the space, go for it. But instead, I want you to focus on that one marketing thing that will make everything easier. And the first step here is to identify where your biggest gap is. And it will be one of three things. It will be your audience. It will be leads or conversions. So you either not have enough conversions, you might not have enough leads, or you might not have a big enough audience. So if you do have like a largish email list already or a really good referral network, but people aren't buying or they aren't booking, then you have a conversion problem. So you need to think about how you can improve this. So do you need a stronger lead nurturing strategy? Do you need email automation? Do you need clearer offers? Do you need to just... Switch up those offers so that they're more about that transformation or that for that one person. Or do you need to actually sell, <laughs> which is the spoiler alert for the next point? Like, do you need to actually tell people about your stuff? So that could be your first thing. Um, so if you've got that audience there, if you've got leads, but they're not converting, you need to be looking at conversion things. There's no point putting money into advertising or spending hours of time creating reels If you already have an audience there that aren't buying, you need to get people buying and then add that in. So conversely, if you are converting well, if you've got a good number, um, if if, you're getting that 2 to 5% of people buying whenever you put out an offer or do something, then you know your conversions are good. But you want to start layering, okay, do I need to ask, do I need to get more leads or do I need to get a bigger sort of audience? And it depends. Sometimes these fluctuate or two. So the focus should be either on growing, you know, your list or having, you know, applications coming through and making sure you're using those call to actions on other channels or Maybe you don't have a big following and you need to get out there more and you need to get out there promoting more. So you need to be strategic about this. 
um, and just have a look at that thing. Where are you lacking most? And you'll find like this is, could be, again, part of your quarterly strategies. What need do I need to focus on now? Where am I losing people? Is it at conversion? Is it at leads or is it at my audience? And where should my marketing effort be going? Not on the latest fad, but on those things. So the how, of course, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you there's the one greatest way. You have full permission not to participate in the latest fad or to chase the shiny object Um, because it's definitely a huge mistake I see people make is jumping from one thing to another, hoping that that will be the thing. But anything, anything worth doing is worth doing it on the long term and focusing on it well enough to actually start seeing an impact on it. So to me, a great marketing system consists of the below, and I think this is an order of priority. So the first way is a way to build your audience. So to let people know you exist. So this would be things like advertising or SEO or doing speaking opportunities or getting out there and networking. So a way for people to get to know you. Then secondly is a lead capture system. So to me, obviously, being the email marketing person, it's email marketing, getting people onto your list and building leads that way. So when you meet someone at a networking event or when you get a speaking opportunity or when you run an ad, you've got a way to get them to sign up or become a lead. Then the third thing then after that is the social media platform. And starting with just one primary one, yes, you can have an account on on the things, but focusing your content around one. Because first you've got the way to build the audience, then you've got the leads, and then you kind of got the social media, which sits in the middle, which keeps that connection and the conversation going, and it kind of links the two. And it can also work as a way to, to build your audience. And then finally, the last layer is a core is core content. So this is like a blog or a podcast or video. It could even just be social media content, like having um, Facebook lives, et cetera, but having regular content that you can send to your list that starts conversations, that gets, you know, people clicking through and doing things with you. And I recommend getting things from one from each category first and before you expand to other areas. So again, I see a lot of people get too top heavy with this and just focusing on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, advertising, all of that, but they don't have a lead nurturing system in place or they don't have a content strategy in place. And so they're just trying more, but they've got nowhere for them to go. So getting smarter about this and just choosing, again, those one things, not doing everything else. Okay, rant, (laughs) done. Then there is shift number six, which is to actually sell. And you might be thinking, okay, how is that a shift? But the amount of time, honestly, I see people working at all of these things except the selling part, and then wondering why it doesn't work. So here's the truth. Here's the truth bomb. Without sales, you have a hobby, not a business. Ouch. (laughs) Because revenue is the lifeblood of your business, and it needs to be a huge focus. So if you, you know, and if you are struggling to find the right offer or the right thing for your audience or the best, easiest way, um, you know, to serve them, the easiest way to find out if it's going to work is to sell it and see if people buy And remember, of course, through this sales process, we're focusing on value and transformation, not the inclusions, not you get four calls and three lessons or this bonus class. It's you will get, you know, you know, the body you hope for. You will get out of that overwhelm and feel in control. You will get sales conversions from email. You will get more sales. You will get more leads. Focusing on that value or transformation. So my challenge here, if this is you, if you know yourself, okay, I'm not selling enough, is to proactively sell something at least every single month. One thing at least every single month. So apart from a couple exceptions, first one is if you are doing like a launch of a program because they can take a bit of effort, you might dedicate two months to that one thing to have a good runway. Or the only other two exceptions are one, if you're fully booked and you literally don't have time to sell because you don't have a sales problem, you just have a time problem. Okay, that's fine. As long as you're doing the other effort to sort sort that out. Or you have like a month's holiday booked, you've got time off or you're not working during school holidays. That's the exceptions. That's it. You know, in Australia, um, we are coming towards a new financial year. So it is a great place to start. So I would love you to go, okay, right, of a list of July through to June next year, next to each month, put in something you're going to sell. What am I going to sell that month? And it doesn't mean you have to do a launch every time. Sometimes it could be, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it could just be your open spots in your calendar. So, hey, I'm now taking bookings for the following quarter. Here's how to get the link. It could be a flash sale. It could be more like a Black Friday situation or it could just be a a 48-hour only thing 
Or it could just be a, a subtle focus series, like you have great content for four weeks and at the bottom of each piece of content, you say, if you want to go further with this, here's how to work with me. So it doesn't have to be blatant the whole time. I like to mix it up between a few different styles. So sometimes you've got condensed sales periods between it. Sometimes it's just a focus. But choose something and then start implementing that first one. Of course, what comes up here is, okay, but I don't want to be salesy. But I want you to reframe that and identify that sales is of being of, is being of service. Because the best way that you can help someone is for them to pay you and take action on whatever pain point they have. So if they have a, a challenge or a frustration or, or something that you can make better, if you don't tell them how they can make it better or you don't invite them to say, hey, how can I help you? They might not ever solve that pain point. You know, to really help them, they need to work with you. Of course, it's up to them to say yes or no. It's their decision. They're, they're grown-ups. But you need to give them that opportunity. So if this is a real struggle for you, I would recommend doing some work around this. Um, one thing that I love to do from a mindset perspective is writing down all the negative thoughts and beliefs you have about selling or, or about a specific promotion and ask yourself if it's true and if they ask for ev- look for evidence. Um, but then reframe it to a more positive belief and find evidence of that. So for example, everyone will unsubscribe if I send a sales email. So ask yourself, is this true? No. Normally, only a couple do. So looking at evidence in the past when I've sold, I've only had a couple of people unsubscribe. Okay, so let's reframe the thought. People will buy if I provide the opportunity. And evidence, the last time I did it, 10 people bought, five people bought, or two people bought, and only one unsubscribed. So the balance of the scales is there. Look for evidence of the truth. Look for evidence of when sales was easy for you. I get it. I am not an eager salesperson. There's, there's, I saw this book one time, which was on one side, what marketing people know about sales, and on the flip side, what salespeople know about marketing, and the book was empty. <laughs> I'm definitely not a fan of it. I prefer definitely this pool, pool marketing approach where I'm providing value and I'm giving people opportunities. But I do it because it's necessary. And as a business owner, it is necessary. Um, and if you don't want to do it, then maybe it's not right for you to be in your own business. And that's the truth. Okay, six shifts down, one to go. And this one um, is called Get Disciplined. So through this masterclass, I've given a ton of different shifts you can make. Some are mindset, some are strategic, some are just like to help you get unstuck. But I would be remiss if I left without saying, okay, you need to actually do the thing. So this sometimes isn't the sexy part or the most interesting or profound But sometimes it just comes down to having discipline, getting disciplined. So I don't want you to fill up your calendar with things for the sake of being productive or busy. But once you've identified the key things you want to be doing or the key things that will get you where you want to go, then you do need to get doing. Um, And sometimes that means doing things you don't love so much. Sometimes it means selling. Um, Sometimes it means doing some things consistently. But it means doing the important things that you have already identified. So I've definitely, I truthfully, I've been the other way. So even just recently. So this year, I um, is the first year that both my kids are in full-time school. Yay. And now I'm into term two of that. But the first term, I was floundering. I had all this space in my calendar. And for years, I had been craving this space. But I got to the point of clearing my calendar so much and having no like direct deadlines, just general space to work. And if I wanted to work, I can if I didn't. But nothing that meant I had to kind of do something now. And then you kind of don't make any progress. So now, you know, I had to apply some discipline to myself and go, you know what, Yale, you want this. So you need to get disciplined about this and actually, you know, set some boundaries for yourself and establish it. So a simple one for me is, okay, I will be at my desk every morning during the week by 9.30 and I will start working on whatever the thing is that I need to work on that day. Some days it's easy. I've got calls booked in. That's fine. Other days I need to identify the key projects, but I'm showing up daily and doing those things. So what commitment can you make and how can you make it happen? So at a minimum, it would be great if you could block out time in your calendar to take action based on what you have decided is most important today. So of these seven shifts, you know, think beyond that a little bit to what is a bit you know, for what is your priorities, but put that into your calendar now. 
and start thinking, okay, how am I actually going to get this done? Along the way, mindset issues will come up. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And we need to be have aware, be aware of that. And sometimes we need to get some sort of accountability, um, whether that's a coach, whether that's a business friend, whether that's your partner, whatever it is, um, and also someone to call you up on your shit. But you need to put in the work. Um, it just has to be the right work. You know, what you want isn't going to magically appear, but I promise you, if you focus on the right things, it might just take less time than you think. So that would be awesome. So that's my invitation for you. Okay, so quick recap of the seven shifts. One, get out of your overwhelm. Get those idea, all those things floating around your head onto paper and start categorizing them. And two, get some time for it to reset, to just think, to be, so for some proactive self-care. Two, claim back your time. Look at how you want your week to be, map it out and start thinking what's the first step that I can do to get there. Three, streamline your offers. Don't have 10 million different things. Don't try to please everybody. Focus on your ideal client and how you can support them and think about, okay, how what's a realistic way for me to get from A to Z in terms of how much you want to earn and doing the steps in between instead of thinking you have to jump from one to another. Four is having a realistic plan. So looking at things quarterly and plotting things in your calendar to make sure you have the time with buffer to get things done. Five is getting smarter with your marketing. So looking at, um, you know, where's the biggest whole gap right now? Is it my conversions? Is it my leads? Is it my um, audience? And asking if you've kind of got the elements of, you know, your, of your marketing framework, I call it the amplified marketing framework in place. Do I have at least one promotional strategy? Do I have a social channel? Do I have my email marketing? Do I have content marketing? And making sure you've got something across all of the things before you stack everything in one department. Um, number six is actually sell and try to do something at least every month. And seven, get disciplined. Just you know, once you've decided what's important out of all of this, to put it in your calendar and actually establish some boundaries with yourself about how you can actually do it. Um, so for those of you on the call, I would love to know which one do you think out of all of these that you um, need to take action on as a result of this? What's one thing you're going to take away? Um, and if anyone does want to stick around after the formal part of this training, I'm happy to chat through some things as well. So Lisa Louise says, number six, actually selling. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be surprised at how often that one comes up. Um, yeah, actually, actually selling. So one and four, yep, getting out of overwhelm, having a realistic plan, and Anna's yet yeah, number six as well. Yes. And Joe says, setting that time to do the work and sticking to it. Yeah, discipline. Sometimes, yeah, it's not the sexy part, but <laughs> it has to happen. Unfortunately, sometimes we just need to, to again, be disciplined with ourselves like we would with kids and setting them a routine. Sometimes we need one for ourselves too. But realistic, be realistic with it. So hopefully you can see from all of this that this is about clearing space, making Things easier, doing less, but doing the right things. And this that's what strategy comes down to. Strategy is making informed decisions and implementing them in the right way. But, you know, knowing what the right thing to do is can be tricky, especially when you are the one stick, stuck in it. So what if instead you had a go-to marketing and strategy expert to bounce ideas off and help you craft your unique strategy? I'll put my hand up here. Um, and then in addition to that, you have the space and accountability to actually implement it. Um, being a huge believer in working smarter, not harder. I've crafted business where I do work roughly about the three hours a day. You know, I'm at my desk at 9.30 every day, but normally not longer than three hours unless I have a few more calls, calls to do. The rest of my time is self-care mode, mum mode, family friend mode, or whatever else is important and I want to do on a given day. Um, so I just want you to see that this is a choice that you can decide to try something different and buck the social norms. And it does help to have a support of a coach and a group around you doing the same. So if this has spoken to you and you're feeling like it is time to make that decision for yourself, to start focusing on the right things, to create the space in your calendars, to implement 
those right things then and to do it with my support, my strategic insights and having a really vested interest in your business, I would love to invite you to apply to Free to Thrive, um, which is my mid-level online business coaching experience for business owners and entrepreneurs who are stuck in that messy middle. So it's not for beginners. It's not for basic 101, this is how you do things. Um, it's also not those who want the big, fluffy, gift box-filled, seven-figure masterminds with lots of um, retreats and all that sort of stuff. It's for those in the middle. You know, they want to reach that next level. They want the direct, practical, strategic action. That's who I've created this for, um, and I'm so, so thrilled to be opening for the next intake. So Free to Thrive is a six-month experience. We have quarterly one-on-one strategy sessions with me. So once a quarter, so two across six months. But if you choose to remain after that, then obviously we continue. Um, 90-minute sessions where we really map out, you know, your strategy. Then we do um, quarterly group planning sessions as well. So we do the quarterly planning together that I spoke about. Then in addition, there is a fortnightly three-hour group coaching and co-working calls. So these is the favorite of current um, participants. And that is where we all hop on the call together and you've got those three hours to work on your business and do the things. Meanwhile, I am there coaching you through, you know, saying, you know, I go around the room to catch up with everyone, see what they're working on, answer any questions. Obviously, if anyone has anything specific, they want my feedback or insight on, I can give it. But everyone else is kind of just working. There's no obligation that you have to sit there and listen to everybody else. You know, it's just this container for you to finally get those needle weaving tasks done. There's also my three pillars program, which is got, has got all this curriculum around simplifying your business. So simplifying your business, which includes some of these points today about how to get out of overwhelm, you know, how to craft your time, your money, your energy, how to streamline your offers. Um, this simplified marketing. So how to, you know, get smarter with your marketing. I've got a whole section on that. And I've also got a whole section on simplifying sales and then there's planning, all sorts of stuff, plus a small supportive community and bonus six months access to the email experience, you know, my email marketing program. So I would absolutely love to invite you to apply to join. The next intake begins in June. So there's a little bit of space, but applications are closing on next Thursday, the May 26th. So if you want to learn more, I'll pop in the chat the link. Um, you can go to yalekeown.com forward slash free and check it out there. Um, another link I'll put in the chat if, is if you did want to have a chat about this as well, I'm going to put in a link to book a t- like just a 15 minute conversation um, with me um, and you can listen, you can check that out there. And if anyone's watching this on the replay, um, you know, this link will be provided in the email, etc. So that is it. I would absolutely love to have you guys and I'm always happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you for listening to Easy Email Marketing. It's an absolute honor that you chose to listen. If you love this episode, then it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review so that others can find this podcast and make their email marketing easy too. Finally, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Until next time, have an awesome day and make sure to keep showing up and serving in those inboxes.